and welcome back to Vox Popcast, the weekly pseudo-acronym roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-hosts, Anna and Wayne. How's it going, guys? Hey, Mav. It is 9 p.m. on Friday, June the 24th, so... That's a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad day. Let's just say donate to an abortion fund. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about that. yeah, I mean, that's not what this show is about, but like we scheduled the show before. It's a crappy day in America if you're a... I, I really hate the word called Americans, but if you're an American in the United States, today is the day that they repealed abortion rights across our country. And I've had weird conversations all day and you know, no one's happy about it. And that's not what the show's about, except for in one way, shape or form. Probably many shows are going to be about that for a while as we talk about it on the off time. I mean, yeah. in, in some ways, the show is not about that. But part of the bigger problem with what's happening in America is our slow descent, our fast descent, depending on your perspective, into fascism and all the complicated politics of that and it mirrors things in popular culture. Sometimes certain things are very political, like say Star Wars. There you go. Seamless transition. Brilliantly yep. done. <laughs> um, to, to just go ahead and get out there, Star Wars is extremely political. Yeah. It always has uh, been. Oh God. <laughs> There's so much to say. We've Let's introduce the guests first. We have rejoining us for, it's been a while, Marcel Walker. Welcome back, Marcel. Hello, friends. Yes, it has been a little while. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Okay. The last time we did a show about Star Wars, we sort of talked about Star Wars overarching. And I've been, I think I started watching it immediately. I started watching the Obi-Wan Kenobi show the night that it came out because I'm a crazy person who doesn't sleep. So I stayed up till three in the morning and I watched it that night. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I found that there were other people who were not watching it. And people were like, I'll get to it. I have friends who still haven't watched it yet. And people weren't like super excited about it and I just kept like recommending it to people and I don't know if you guys even all watched it immediately I was nope. just like yeah. watch I, I was like watch the damn show so I could talk about it so. <laughs> well, <laughs> interestingly Disney and Netflix both released Stranger Things and Obi-Wan the same day yes so I had to pick and I picked I watched, Stranger Things <laughs> well I watched Obi-Wan first because it was only one episode or two episodes the first night and then Stranger Things I started watching later like the next day because Steph wanted to watch that with me and she still hasn't watched Obi-Wan. She doesn't really care about Star Wars anything all that much anyway. So so I was watching that by myself. So it's been it's been interesting. But I guess if I'm going to talk about it, you know, I have to we should play the spoiler warning. Spoiler alert. <laughs> there you go. Because because from here on out, all spoilers for Obi-Wan. Okay, I tried to even write the blog for this episode and I had trouble with it. What I found amazing about this show is people have been so cautious to not reveal that Leia is the co-star of the show. (laughs) I find that absolutely amazing. She's not in any of the marketing material. There's no poster. I went and checked. She is not mentioned in any of the write-ups on Disney+. Plus. There is no way for you to know other than watching the show. Like, and it's not just the first episode because when Mandalorian starts they don't mention Baby Yoda or Grogu eventually but they don't mention Baby Yoda at all for like the first episode and he just shows up at the end and people are like oh whoa what the hell and then once people know they start you know he becomes heavily featured in material but there's no mention of Leia to this day I have friends who still don't know people who I know who are like oh I don't want to I don't really care about Ben Kenobi just it seems this show seems like nothing I don't want to see it and I'm like watch the show yeah I mean I'll get to it eventually but 
you know, he's not watching, hanging out on Tatooine, watching Luke. Watch the damn show so I can talk about it. I can't ruin this for anybody. So I'm happy to just be able to say it out loud. That's why I wanted to do this episode for that reason alone. <laughs> so we'll resolve nothing. <laughs> no problem, folks. Go yeah, yeah, yeah. in there. Told you I was tired. <laughs> I'll tell you, I think one reason why they might not have done it. Well, this is speculation. It's all speculation. I'm going to guess that the marketing whizzes behind the whole thing may have been taking a cue from, of all things, Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe Revelation series and with the blowback they got over, spoiler alert, the shift in focus to Tila during the course mm-hmm. of that. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying it's, I watched that and actually I loved that damn whole good. series. We haven't talked about I that show was, on this. That show's good. It's I don't amazing. Know, Hannah, have you even seen it? Or I mean, because it, it's one of those things where like, that was another one where it's like, people were like, oh, I don't know. This seems stupid. I don't care about He-Man. So, okay, here. Spoiler alerts for He-Man. He dies on the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> episode one. Well, you saved yeah. me a show, I guess. Oh, it's about Tila. It's really good. <laughs> it's a really good show about Tila. <laughs> he gets better eventually, but it's a show about It's like fiction deaths, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. no. This character's dead. We'll never <laughs> see. Like, yeah, okay. But it was like, it was, there was real story and content. Mm-hmm. And boy, and it's funny because until this moment, I didn't really think of corollaries between the He-Man franchise and Star Wars, but there's actually a bunch when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And not the least of which being these are franchises that people fell in love with when they were six years old. And then they carry that love with them, you know, down the line and they are always wanting more in their hearts. <laughs> but, you know, you're not six anymore. So when you get something that's, I don't know, something close <laughs> to more age appropriate for where we're at now, mm-hmm. people want to reject it. But we don't live in the times that we lived in when we were six. So, awesome. yeah. so here's the thing. Both of these franchises, and I love Star Wars. I really do. I mean, I remember it's the first movie that I remember seeing in theater. I was, you know, three. But I recall going and by theaters, I actually went to the drive-in to see it. I saw Star Wars at the drive-in originally and loved it. And I've loved it ever since. That said, you know, Star Wars is a toy commercial and always was. And He-Man is literally a toy commercial. That's all it is. Yeah. And I think that modern creators who've grown up with this stuff are attempting to do something deeper. Frankly, Lucas was trying mm-hmm. to do something deep back then with Star yeah. Wars and like all the people who are thinking, I don't want politics in my Star Wars. They're fucking fighting like <laughs> fascists. That's what the that's what yeah. it's about. Star Wars was always political. You were just, you know, six and you were an idiot. Like that's why you didn't get it. But like I, I get that people are upset about it. I don't care for the people who are upset because there's a character in it who's black and like apparently they don't believe that there are black people in space, even though there are green people and Wookiees. Fuck you. No, I don't. So like see that, right? Lando. <laughs> Yeah, they don't remember. Lando was the only black person in space to them. And yeah, it's stupid. Like the people who are upset about stuff like that are stupid. That yeah. said, amazingly, they also didn't spoil the Leia thing. I've checked. <laughs> I went and looked. I didn't link to any of them on the blog, but I, I went I have, and read a bunch some, of them. In yeah. some of my Facebook feeds, people who have commented on the show, there there was a contingent of people who kind of hated her on yeah. that. Oh, yeah, they hated Reva. Yeah. But I mean, even the people no, who no, hated no, Reva just because she was black. Oh, they no, hated no, Leia? I hated Leia. Okay. Yeah, okay. I've seen things on Twitter. I knew yeah. Leia was 
was in the show, actually, even though you tried so hard not to spoil it for me. And I didn't know if that was what you were talking about, but I assumed it well, was. I wasn't talking about you. I'm talking about, yeah, yes, you, but no, no, other no, people. I, oh, yeah. No, I saw, I, no, I saw things on Twitter where people, like, throughout the show, even, like, the first couple episodes came out, like, people were mm-hmm. tweeting about Leia, that it just, and Twitter, in its ah, genius, I say very sarcastically, has, like, you know, started that algorithm thing where it decides you mm-hmm. like certain topics and decides to just show you everything. So Twitter has decided I only care about four things. Stranger Things, mm-hmm. fair. Board games, fair. Graduate school, no. And Star <laughs> Wars. <laughs> so it's, it's just yeah. showing me like all these like random tweets from like, you know, people I've never heard of. And half of my feed is like, Steve Harrington's gonna die, which is a personal torture for me. And the other half is talking about Obi-Wan oh, and how wow. people love or hate Leia. So this is an aside because it's not Star Wars related, but just given what you just said, you know, you need to seed the algorithm a little better. Because see, for me, Twitter thinks I only care about politics, particularly issues of gender and race. Fair. I, um, I don't even <laughs> like things about Stranger Things, though. I'm liking literally things about I know. unionization and like also the uh, also the politics. I don't just wait, anyway. though, because you know what Facebook thinks I care about? Facebook thinks I care about Stranger Things. Facebook <laughs> thinks I care about Stranger Things a lot. In fact, Facebook thinks I care about behind the scenes stuff about Stranger Things literally for the Philippines. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I have I have been for the last few weeks, I have been getting like the last couple of weeks, I've been getting constant like suggested for you, like something about the algorithm is sending me, you know, the Millie Bobby Brown Philippines Facebook page, the Finn Wolfhard Philippines Facebook page, the Sadie Sink Philippines Facebook page. And it's just like little insider knowledge about them, I think, because it's written in Tagalog. I can't read it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like look here's millie bobby brown and sadie sink hanging out together somewhere i guess i don't know why they care but i've got tons of them that they're like all over my face now and i've never liked any of them and it just it won't stop i just have to share that <laughs> but there's nothing about anybody dying yeah, like, like, and to be clear listeners that's not a thing that we know that's not a spoiler it's just like the internet's convinced that steve harrington is in danger this we'll save it for next week's show though because mm-hmm. that literally is next week anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah. So Star Wars, this show, this Kenobi show, I was interested in it because the internet did a great job of keeping its mouth shut. But then I was interested in it for a couple of reasons, which were one, I really enjoyed it. I adored mm-hmm. the show. I thought it was really good until the last episode, which everybody loved. And I was like, eh, could have done without it. And then the other thing that was weird about it was I saw a lot of people, and this happens a lot with Star Wars. I saw a lot of, well, this is the best Star Wars that we've ever done. This is the best thing ever that we, uh, this is the best Star Wars I've seen in 20 years. And I'm like, was it though? One friend of mine said that he liked it because unlike Mandalorian, which he considers a cash grab, he thought this was a necessary and important part of the canon. And I was like, oh, I feel the exact opposite. I feel like Mandalorian is an interesting show that stands on its own. And he's like, yeah, but I don't care about any of those people. I'm like, oh, I love everybody on Mandalorian. And I felt like this was, hey, let's, let's do some Star Wars. Here's some things that you might recognize. And I enjoyed it. I mean, I actually, I really liked the acting by Ewan McGregor and and whatever the little girl's name is who plays Leia. Yeah. And like I thought Kenobi, I thought Leia, I thought Reva were great. I thought Kumail, whatever his name was, he was basically just playing Kumail, was great. He was playing, I, thought, I thought he was playing Kingo. I really yeah. was waiting for the Eternals crossover. <laughs> he was playing Kumail. That's just what yeah. Kumail does. And again, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm a fan. And then and Ice Cube's kid, brilliant actor. I want him in everything, right? Like, <laughs> but like, I didn't, like there's, this show was. Well, you know, McGregor was probably my favorite part of the prequels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And watching him grow into Sir Alec Guinness, which, you know, I think it's time. <laughs> we also need to compliment Sir Alec Guinness for his portrayal of Obi-Wan Kenobi, having never seen Ewan McGregor.
Gregor's performance. Word. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, four episodes in, and he had never seen any of that. It's remarkable. Um, but I, you know, so I was curious to see him come back and do this role again. And there is, a, but I was curious, like, okay, how are they going to do that? Because his story is essentially, and then for twenty years he lived in the desert, and like, how are they going to do that without his identity and location being revealed? You know, what type of story are they going to tell me? And I thought they did a good job with that of getting him away from just living in a canyon shooting womp rats and bringing him back into the mainstream Star Wars universe, but still maintain the integrity of what he's doing on Tatooine. There was an appearance of him in Rebels living on Tatooine that, that tied into some bigger issues and you know ongoing plot threads who from watches that? Clone Wars. Which one of you guys watch that? Like, who watches the Rebel stuff? I, Rebels may be my favorite Star Wars. Okay. I've seen some of it, but I haven't. Yeah, and I have not seen most of Clone Wars. I've seen some, but not all of it. I'm okay, aware, yeah, I've I'm seen aware of it. pieces I'm, of stuff. Yeah, I've gone back and read stuff about Clone Wars, things that were introduced in Rebels that like, okay, I need more information on, but I don't need to sit through however many seasons it was. Let me go to Wikipedia. But Rebels just really completely sucked me in. So. I have just recently, like since Obi-Wan started watching Clone Wars. And as an adult, I understand, I'm going to say the politics of Star Wars better because I'll admit for the longest time, I didn't care. Like I didn't yeah. care when like up through the prequels, I didn't care. I wasn't, like, I wasn't going for Star Wars political commentary. And quite honestly, like a lot of it, I just, I, all I knew was like, okay, Empire bad guys and Rebels good guys. That's all I cared about. And then, but with the prequels, you know, they shifted to before the Empire was in control. So there was more to follow. And then, you, like, following the shift of it all. I don't know when I actually, like, some of the pieces started clicking. But the other shows, the other materials, certainly are what has helped fill that in for me. So now I feel mm-hmm. like I follow the progression of the power dynamics in the Star Wars saga, which does help. You know, it does help. Like, there are subtleties and things like that to be followed and to understand. And that's where... I actually am liking, even though it's early yet, I'm just like into the, in the first mm-hmm. season, but I we, do we like watch Clone Wars. Yeah. We watch Bad Batch together as well, which I, I liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Bad Batch for me, I guess hits a spot that it hits for some of you with Mandalorian. Cause I haven't watched Mandalorian and I quite, I just it was not interested. I love Star Wars, but I don't love it. Like it's not in my DNA, mm-hmm. but you know, I was a kid back in the day and you, it was inescapable. And you, I, there is a part of me that definitely believes, I think my love of Star Wars tapered off with the more Star Wars stuff there has been. Because now there's just so much. I go, well, all right, that's enough of that. <laughs> so it does take it takes something. If you can't wait 20 care. years, if you can't wait 20 years for the next product, you're not a fan. <laughs> kinda sorta. Yeah. Well, yeah, kinda. Well, I, I wouldn't say no. And I, I don't want to disparage anybody who loves their star because I got my yeah, things no, that I'm all in I'm, on, but yeah, obviously I'm joking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but oh, yeah. I, I I've, we've all know I have opinions about Star Wars from the last mm-hmm. time we did a Star Wars show. Some of those opinions are not kind. See my absolute hatred of Revenge of the Sith, which is the worst Star Wars movie. Is. Oh, fight me! Not you, oh, wait, Matt. No, I know wait, you agree with me. Revenge, no, I don't think Revenge of the Sith. I don't think it's. I don't think it's the worst anymore. I really dislike this last movie. <laughs> no, it's still Revenge of the Sith. Like, like Revenge of the Sith might be. It might be my second least favorite. And I and yeah, I'm including Solo. But again, the, oh, we're arguing over the bottom too. two. But I mean, we're not. Far apart is what I'm saying. At least Rise of at least Rise of Skywalker leaves the main characters alone, like alone by the end. Like they, like you can like write fanfic about what happens next, and like they're happy. And I mean, whatever. Like, <laughs> but, like Revenge of the Sith. Like there is no character development. There is like no, no like it's just it's embarrassing.
embarrassing movie. Like, you should be ashamed that you didn't write a coherent narrative to tie everything together. Anyway, I'm over it. It's fine. But what I was going to, <laughs> I was going to say that it wasn't so negative uh, is that I think that, like, in talking to people, I've realized that the more you take each Star Wars thing for what it is, that, like, the more enjoyable it, like, like instead of, you know, looking for plot holes in, like, Kenobi and, like, how it how it bridges the prequels with, mm-hmm. like, the original trilogy, mm-hmm. which are the best movies, obviously. Like, like taking this as its own story <laughs> with its own politics is interesting. Like, you, you know, you can still enjoy the Expanded Universe books. It's okay to enjoy the sequel series, like, the sequel series, if nothing else, decided that they were going to put women in the main role as a Jedi, like, in front and center in the series on the big screen. It was beautiful to see all those, like, little girls dressed up as Jedi, like, mm. I wanted to be when I was a kid. There are lots of flaws in Star Wars, but also, I love it still. And the more, like, and the more stuff they put out, there's going to be some duds. Like, like Solo is, I really wanted to give it a chance because I liked the actor who they cast as Han from Hail Caesar, which is an underrated film. But it was the most painfully wow. boring thing. What? Oh, wow. Okay. I, here's the thing. So, okay. Okay. My take on Solo. I think Solo is a perfectly adequate, cromulent, completely forgettable action movie. Like, if change change everybody's name and it's just a run-of-the-mill summer action movie, admit it, you liked it better than you liked Artemis Fowl. I mean, every movie in the world I liked better than Artemis Fowl, to be but, honest. Even, like, No Time to Die, you know? Like, uh, like and the sure. cast is much better, you know? Like, like Donald Glover, like, like he's theoretically going to get his own Lando series and I am there for that. Emilia Clark is very, like, charismatic. It's like, fine. It, like, it's fine. Huh? Like, it's, it's just, just painfully it's boring. Movie. Yes, it's it is. So, it's I'd say it's I'd say it's average. I'd say it's a better movie than Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Okay. I mean, I'm picking negative yeah. movies. Yeah, yes. I like Solo. Here's where I'm taking the jump. I like Solo better than I like the most recent Dune. Don't at me. Okay, I didn't care for the most recent Dune. I actually oh, like Solo. That was also better. Pain, that was also yeah. painfully boring. I mean, right. at, at this point, we're just like arguing over what but, boring but, movie right. is. But here's is the worse. but here's the well. But see, a lot of people like Dune, and that's why I picked that one last. Yeah, because I think that the, the problem with Solo is it is a forgettable action movie that they slapped the name Star Wars on because you know you can't really make a forgettable action movie and expect to make money so they're like if we attach it to this IP we'll have something but slapping the name Star Wars on something there the mentality was this comes with an expectation that you are going to tie into this overarching series you're going to tie it in and you're going to fit into this ongoing expanding canon my flaw with this TV series with Kenobi Obi-Wan Kenobi I guess it is is as much as I enjoyed the work of, of Ewan McGregor, Vivian Ly- Lyra Blair is the actress's name who played Leia, and then Reva was played by Ed Moses Ingram, who was great in, in Queen's Gambit. So, so I like the characters here, but at the end of the day, there's no fear of anything. I, I'm watching this going, okay, I know where Leia's going to end up at the end, and like my biggest question about Leia was, how are they going to make her forget that she knows Ben Kenobi so that she has a reason to be like, oh, I think you might know my father in the and they kind of just like sidestepped it. But the reason I didn't like this last episode was I know everybody loved the lightsaber battle and yeah, yay, pretty lightsaber battle. But like it was a lot of just moving pieces into place. Like it was a lot of we need Ben to end up in this cave. We need Leia to end up on this planet. We need Luke to end up here. And it was just it was a lot of that. And like, I don't care. I thought the ballsiest move they could have made fucking kill Ben Kenobi. Like kill him. <laughs> that would have been amazing. And it's like, that's right. Ben Kenobi's dead or Darth Vader. I mean, like one of them, like just completely divorce yourself from the Star Wars canon 
and then like and then be like well there you go roll credits and everybody be like what the fuck and they come back season two <laughs> we got you now bitches like that's what i wanted to yeah. see and it didn't happen right and i knew it wasn't yeah. gonna happen it felt yeah, like, gonna happen. yeah. It, was a lot of, it was a lot of place setting and you know i mean that's what i wanted out of this show florian can just be space western fine this one is about one of the mm-hmm. four characters of the star wars universe and the place setting and what takes place during those years is mm-hmm. what's interesting about it well because I, I, I didn't think i cared about that story and i did i actually because i like when they marketed it it was the one that were like i don't okay i guess i mean it'd be nice to see you and mcgregor again i don't really care about what happened to him while he's hanging around that planet and they convinced me that i do i thought mm-hmm. every scene between him and leia was so heartwarming and mm-hmm. i enjoyed yeah. and i enjoyed it so much i mean again I, I at the end i just didn't need the ending pieces but i'm also the guy who my favorite like probably my favorite of the new star wars movies especially is uh, rogue one which i yeah. love every i love everything yeah. in rogue one except well, for the last 20 minutes yeah. the last 20 well, minutes i could i think should be out of the movie i don't want to see darth vader ever so but. can we talk about death though mm-hmm. or not death because like i say this a lot actually every time we talk about rogue one or something that i you don't have to kill people off to have tension though oh i agree like, like i agree there like there are characters that they did introduce in the series that there there was some tension and you didn't know what would happen to them like like so someone's someone we haven't talked about in dear her character talia was great i yeah. loved I, 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 I typically like her in anything i see her in yeah i was happy to see her in this franchise and upset spoilers she didn't make it through everyone from game of thrones will end up in a star war at some point or another i saw her on uh, rome like 15 Mm -hmm. years ago or something and Mm -hmm. thought she was amazing that she was briefly in torchwood yes she was so good in torchwood yeah the torchwood show i mean i guess we could do a doctor who show but we should really do a torchwood show she she also (laughs) was in some british legal drama that josh watched and i when you're channeling the spirit of josh because he was like is that indira varma oh my god and for the first i'm sorry shameless self-promotion for marcel and i our first thought in watching that was one of the people we wrote about in Hutzpah, Les Banos, was a Jew who posed as a Nazi for years. He was a Nazi spy. And we see Indira Varma dressed, you know, like dressed in a, what's essentially a space Nazi. Mm-hmm. She's part of the resistance. And like, I just looked at Marcel like, oh my God, it's Les Banos. So mm-hmm. shameless plug. <laughs> like that, that scene did have like a lot of tension in it because you, you just like see her appear. You think like, like they're surrounded by stormtroopers. You think like, how are they going to get out of this? She's Indira Varma so she's clearly going to be a main character this isn't a one-off right. <laughs> you yeah. assume she's a villain yeah yeah but yeah you, you don't but you don't know like like, like there mm-hmm. you know and i think like also the character of reva which it to me it felt like to some degree this show was called obi-wan but really should have been called obi-wan and leia and reva because like it it opens with reva's story like mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it opens with her as a child i guess we don't need to worry about spoilers because we should talk about it you because you proposed something in our chat you said that she's co-protagonist and I question it for, but for I, a reason I, I think it wants her to be co-protagonist <laughs> it opens with her story they're like especially the I feel like half the reason the last episode exists Mav is to mm-hmm. finish her journey as opposed yes. to everyone else like, like it's the like, interesting thing and the interesting thing in the last episode is her story yeah. Obi-Wan's story is over by the time the last episode he gets to fight yay <laughs> I don't care I really don't I read like some take on it that was like you know the real stakes of Obi-Wan's story was how he views Anakin by the end versus the beginning. Fair. Okay. The reset. Because like last time we saw Obi-Wan, I mean, I know you don't like the movie, but he gets yeah. there and Sith. Like to, to the point that he's at the end of this, he's at the exact same point that he was at the end of Sith. Like at the end of Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan's like, I've lost this kid. Fuck it. I'm cutting off his arms and legs. Like that's how that movie ends, right? And I'm not saying it's a good movie, but Ewan McGregor slash Obi-Wan's character progression was there. 
there. Like he, so now he's just like, eh, maybe he's yeah, a good guy. Yeah. Me. I think, uh, it's a reset. The argument I saw is like talking about that line about like in the original series, like Obi-Wan, like <laughs> thought he saw good in you at one point. And in the prequel, he wasn't really like, he was just like, you know, exactly how you described. So the series like showed the tension a little more. I mean, honestly, like I like to pretend, let's be real. I pretend the prequels don't really exist. They have really <laughs> interesting ideas. Like honestly, like what is the Jedi Council in the prequels but a feckless democratic party that allows itself to lose power slowly and surely over time. I like Attack of the Clones. (laughs) I know. I've said it before. I I like Attack of the Clones. I think it's a good movie. I think it's really brilliant that we learned that all of Star Wars is about (laughs) an argument over tariffs and and can't have finance reform. It's how wars work. (laughs) It's the best movie of the prequels, but the romance just really kills it. I use romance. romance. I know what you're talking about. What romance? I don't recall that. (laughs) You're correct. There is no romance. There's no romance in that Standline. I just can't do it. Like I cringed when I was like a preteen teenager in the theaters. I have no cringe now. Originally, like originally, I I like thought upon self reflection after like distance from the films. I was like, was it because I was like an embarrassed like young adult wrestling with like growing up and like feelings? And then I rewatched it and I was like, oh no, it's just painful. So painful. I was correct. I had some taste. I had some sense of taste. So you're about to talk about Riva though. So maybe I should read one of the questions because there's a question that we got on the blog. PJ Pfeiffer. He says, could you please talk about the villains arc and how their trajectory in the show fits within canon? Are there diminishing returns, i.e. don't bring this character back because it cheapens his or her appearance in pre-established canon? Should we accept that people will always find a way to complain about deep fake and anti-aging technology? Does a prequel trilogy actor's appearance help to redeem their performance from those movies? So (laughs) I mostly want to talk about Uh Obi-Wan, but well, I'll dovetail into it because I'm going to go back to something that was just discussed and at the risk of starting a war of the prequel movies I actually preferred Revenge of the Sith and I'll tell you exactly why mm. because Revenge of the Sith of the three of them well first of all let's look we gotta you gotta look at the intimacy of the small screen versus communal experience of the big screen and there sure. is there are differences there like these movies and these TV shows serve I think different emotional purposes that way and the first Star Wars you know A New Hope that was a theatrical release and the reason this whole franchise even exists is because it created an enormous, I would, you could make I think a strong argument that it created an unrivaled before and since communal experience because that movie was played in multiplexes forever, even by the standards of the day. So you have these movies yeah, that want to go to get the feeling of watching this thing with people. Plus also back then, that was your option. You, know, you wanted to see it again? Go back <laughs> to the theater. So True. when Revenge of the Sith came out, I don't care what anybody says about quality of the movie right or wrong i'll say this i went opening night and sat with people and i've rarely felt the energy that i felt in that theater and i'm just everything i say i'm just i'm talking in the way that like i'm presuming if you're listening to this you're just all in you better just because i'm not i'm just talking about the shit plus all of Mm -hmm. us here have heard seen and we know everything Mm -hmm. the moment that the helmet was lowered onto anakin's head the theater i was in exploded and i felt that really yes wow okay it was like a midnight show so what was this? this is like i don't know close to two in the morning and the moment that happened the audience lost their shit and you know what because what was it at that time i don't know 30 year arc it hit its crescendo for that moment that's what everybody had emotionally been waiting for like you don't get that anywhere else and ter- so in terms of completing a cinematic arc for that time it was brilliantly played like it was just brilliantly played and then and that's not even getting into like anakin's fall
wall. So I, you know, however people feel about their movies and everybody's got a movie that they love so much that it's painful to hear people like criticize and everybody's got a movie that they hate so much that it's painful to hear people like sing its praises. But I will say we finally got to understand, oh, this is why Vader is feared. Like this is his horrible part. So I was just trying to count the number of things that like the number of things I found positive about this Obi-Wan Kenobi series. There are at least seven things about this series that I would go to bat for. I think great, good, like good stuff. And in no particular order, one of them is just the fact, well, Star Wars overall sense as a franchise, it's sense of fidelity with actors reprising their roles. I love that they do that. I love that Ewan McGregor came back. I love that Chris, that Hayden Christensen got a do over essentially and got his due <laughs> because I have always felt that he was improperly maligned for things that were in many respects probably beyond his control. Oh, yes, like, correct. You, there's, oh, they're entirely to... Lucas's fault. Every yeah. like, like you he, damn, he damn near I'm, lost his career, and it's George. I'm not Lucas. even gonna. I'm not even mm-hmm. gonna get into blaming human mm-hmm. beings for faults with movies that make billions of dollars at the box office. That's fair. You know, that's like fair. they all are successful. So I can't like you know somebody loved. That's the thing. Somewhere out there, somebody grew up and loved every single Star Wars movie that mm-hmm. was created, and in that regard, they are all successful. Well, and so and the the time that you see it, you Marcel, you talking about your first time seeing that. I remember you going to see the prequels and you know, one of them, I forget which one, it wasn't the first one. You know, and I get done with the movie and there was, somebody brought a van load of Boy Scouts to, to mm-hmm. see this movie. And when the movie was done, they're all standing up making lightsaber noises with their mouth and, and faking battles like, oh, the movie worked for who it was supposed to work for. Yeah. And that, I, we, I was in that demographic though. Yeah. I'm the only one who like, <laughs> in this room, not the only one in the world, obviously, yeah. who <laughs> was a kid mm-hmm. slash teenager when the prequels came out I my parents went to see Star Wars on a date and started the tradition of taking all of us to go see every Star Wars that came out in theaters like they re-released you know the special edition of the original ones mm-hmm. when I was like in kindergarten saw those on screen actually first before I saw them on VHS like my parents waited until Star Wars was on the big screen to introduce my sister and I to them we have seen every Star Wars film together with the exception of Solo my sister which you got make to see it. Solo I, I, unfortunately for me I saw it fortunately for her she missed it and Rogue One because we were separated but other than that we've seen every Star Wars film together no matter what like it was it, I kept it a secret from my parents when I was to the show but I went to go see Rise of Skywalker early so we could record the Rise of Skywalker show like I have an emotional attachment to Star Wars I don't want to dislike the films but when mm-hmm. we watched Revenge of the Sith we thought that the way I mean you know we thought the arc was empty we were yeah. disappointed by like how it happened my theater was quiet like I like 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 Phantom Menace was like the big energy theater I Mm -hmm. remember from Star Wars, which you know we don't have to. Marcel made that point, right? Like that's like that's probably a big part of it, right? Like a lot of it is the experience. My theater was not into into Revenge of Sith either, and I wasn't. And I, 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 it's a weird thing, like how it hits you. I mean, I see what Marcel's saying, yeah. And if you buy into that moment, it didn't work for me. And I have been in theaters before where sometimes like you know I'm not a big horror movie fan and but if I go to a horror movie I can tell where it's like okay this is just me not liking this movie because I'm me yeah. but it's clearly working because everybody's mm-hmm. into it so I think it varies I think it varies and yeah, it like, totally varies you, he, he, like I think Marcel just had a good theater and maybe Hannah and I had bad ones but I mean, my, you clearly had a good one part of my point is that it's it's not the grumpy angry I mean it is partially the grumpy angry people who like grew up with a certain type <laughs> of Star Wars who just uh-huh. wants to hate on the new stuff but it's also there, there was a disappointment to the arc 
And also, I'm pretty sure that speaking of the quote, bad acting, you know, it was a lot of the technology that was used and also like, like scenes were edited together super weird that just undid any prequel trilogies like chance of performance. So I think it's great that like they're able to come back and have whole scenes where they're like acting against each other. That's Oh, you're talking about, you're, you're talking about, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, that was a question that PJ had, yeah. like, yeah. what did you feel about the, I, <laughs> okay. So I've seen, a, I've seen a lot of mixed reaction about this. I'm actually kind of curious for the room here right because i liked hayden christensen i liked getting to see a do-over given that disney pretty much pioneered de-aging technology not that i loved their usage of it in mandalorian i think they should have used here and i saw some people like there were a lot of people on the internet saying i admire their restraint good because i hate the de-aging technology they just let hayden christensen be hayden christensen he was clearly 40 like he looked old he looked as old as me (laughs) i was like what are you doing so i don't know maybe for other people it's okay he looked real old to me he did not look 19 in that scene and i, I was aware notice- of it the entire time i was so aware of it i was like why is this old man sitting there with that haircut you look so bad i had i didn't notice okay. in fact i'll say i'll speak for josh who's not here josh was like wait is this a deleted scene it is like <laughs> wow. okay. so okay marcel and wayne did you guys or I- <laughs> you know, I, like begin with i had the same question about it being the deleted scene until we started getting close up and, I, and yeah. I did, yeah and i didn't react to it in with quite the same thing that, that you didn't have i mean i was definitely aware that yeah he's not 20 anymore <laughs> But it, was, but it didn't bother me or take me out of it either. It was for me. It was if you go back to our twenty-something teen episode where we talk about mm-hmm. like to me, he looked like a sweat hog. I was like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> Marcel. What about you? So I noticed it. I just didn't care. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. okay, so it's like, just me then. Okay, okay, that's fine. I, and, and my thinking was, we know where it fits in the chronology of Star Wars, so we know mm-hmm. what's what. The most important thing is brought the actor back. He doesn't look bad, you know. Like that's the thing. Like he does. He oh no, he, no, he's funny. not an ugly man or yeah. But yeah, you he's know, obviously he's, an in shape actor. Good for him. You know, I don't mean I he's like yeah, right. no, yeah. yeah. one of the things that I even thought at the, eh, kind of thought at the time, you know, like the actor was young, Anakin was meant to be young, but like when you think back on my presumptions about Anakin, even as a Padawan, like I never him being so young and having so much to do during Clone Wars and all that, it actually makes more sense to me him being older. So like I didn't have it just, you know, like that just wasn't an issue for me. Just like okay. all right. Yeah, I and then and the next yeah, the next Ten years in the desert really aged Kenobi quite a bit as well. Yeah, oh, <laughs> 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 well, and again, it's fine. It's just I, I saw some people online really agreeing with me, but most people were like, "Oh, he looks so good. He looked like a teenager." And I was like, "Does he?" And we'll talk about this a little more next week on the Stranger Things episode. He's not quite that bad, but he looked old to me, and I, and I was aware of it. And and so I was. I'm also me, and I'm going to be more critical. So I'm willing to accept that it's you know it's me being super critical there. <laughs> Had they used CGI? Like, had they really done it up like the way, like, you know, like the Luke Skywalker stuff and over the Mandalorian mm-hmm. area? I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have, it, like, it wouldn't have mattered. Like, I, it would have been fine. Like, I wouldn't have been like, mm-hmm. oh, well, they used it. Well, of course they would have used it. So, I mean, I guess it was just a choice. And I was like, all yeah. right, that was their director choice. Okay. I didn't need it to be as overt as like that first Luke Skywalker thing in Mandalorian or the Princess Leia thing in, in Rogue One. But I think some of the best that I've seen, actually, I like like this most recent Luke Skywalker that they had on Book of Boba Fett, but also I cheated did, and I didn't watch that show, but I did watch that episode specifically <laughs> for that. And it's and what do you think? I was I actually very impressed. Yes. Well, the, the other one that I thought was good, Robert Downey Jr. in Captain America Civil War, yeah, yeah. I think it's just been done very well. Now we have a lot of Robert Downey Jr. footage to go through that we can like use to reconstruct his face. Right. But there's no shortage of Hayden Christensen. I mean, he's he starred in two Star Wars movies. You know, we've got his face. So. 
like I, so yeah I mean that was my feeling on it um well you know while we're singing the praises of tech because again I love the fidelity with actors I love that they brought back Bonnie PS I believe I'm not sure how her last name is pronounced but is Beirut yes. I love that so, they brought back Joel Ed- Edgerton from, uh, I was gonna say fresh from Nexium, but he's not from Nexium. Bonnie is yes <laughs> you know like I love they brought back Jimmy Smith's like Fidel- yeah. I am all about that but I'll tell you what so we get James Earl Jones's voice as Darth Vader which you mm-hmm. kind of have to do but that was not it was his voice and yet it wasn't yes a digital that recreation that he is yeah he has given them permission to digitally re- he and Hamill have both done it love that I love mm-hmm. that you know like to me it's just a smart if it doesn't interrupt things mm-hmm. I say go for it and they have I think they have some understandings of what's appropriate and what's not and like and what works and Darth Vader has to sound like Darth Vader you know so that's one whole thing but I also love I love seeing Darth Vader slash Anakin Skywalker being angry and scary and mean I like that because that's like I just he's mean he's threatening he's like our chief cinematic boss like that you know mm-hmm. like so why really because when you think about it that character was introduced as a complete cipher there was nothing we just mm-hmm. liked him because he was he just scary. looked cool and scary but yeah. you know so, but we all this other stuff happened after the fact and of you know I I think of all of our Star Wars characters there Anakin Skywalker it just cracks me up of all of them he's the one that has emerged with the widest swinging arc and sure I like mm-hmm. this period of him he's just so mad but he's like yeah. he's got his reasons to be yeah. mad mm-hmm. but the flip side of that coin to me is another thing I love Ewan McGregor's very nuanced performance of a character living with post-traumatic stress yeah, disorder very much yeah. so. that's how I read that yeah and mm-hmm. that's where I think like Mav to your earlier point about how where we leave him where we leave off with Obi-Wan at end of Sith and where we pick back up with him in A New Hope like yeah like or I should say where this series leaves off with him you are right in that more or less he's at the same space but I think it was worth investigating oh I absolutely think it is now like the traumatic stress disorder I should qualify that my problem with it is conceptually I didn't feel like it needed to be there because I think that where he was left at the end of Sith and where he is left at the end of Kenobi is the same how he got there in Kenobi is a million times better yeah. than how he got there in well, Sith because we saw it play out yeah he, yes. was given the, he was given the room to breathe right it's, it's the same it's a similar story it, it's very similar to my problems with Wanda's arc in the new Doctor Strange movie versus my liking of her in WandaVision they're doing a similar thing one portrayal one writing one version of that is much superior and part of it's having the breathing room right like you got mm-hmm. six hours here instead of you know two and a half so I right. get it right like I and six hours to focus on just Ben and Leia and Reva you know mm-hmm. we'll talk about Reva still I, I do want to get to her stuff but but it is much more focused on this is the story of Obi-Wan as opposed to this is the story of Anakin which is I understand the point Marcel's making about you know a wider arc, but he was never what I was interested in because my flaw with the prequel series is frankly I'm not interested in Anakin Skywalker I just I'm not I'm interested in Darth Vader as that cipher that I first saw him as in A New Hope I don't care about his backstory that's why I like the second movie because when you tell me oh let's let's war out these you know these congressional hearings like okay I'll, I'll, I'll watch the intergalactic senate that's interesting to me but I just didn't find his rise and fall with Padme I was like I don't care so this made me care in a way that I found his struggles of the guy in the suit where you know we most of it we don't even see his face for most 
most of this is a guy acting through a mask and the Darth Vader slash Anakin Skywalker in this who just I'm going to prove my teacher wrong. Yeah. I'll show you. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I loved him in this because I actually cared about this Darth Vader as a character yeah. rather than a bad guy in a way that I don't have in any of the other films. Yeah. And Anakin was given so much more development in Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's this huge mm-hmm. story yes. arc there yeah. that we don't see in the movies or in this. I mean, this is more, definitely he, Yeah. He's mm-hmm. a far more developed character than you know those of us who haven't watched Clone Wars fully realize. I'm going to backtrack just a yeah. minute. Marcel, you mentioned using you know, James Earl Jones' voice. There was a thing in that last episode I really liked. Yes, I know exactly. Thank you. Yes, when the mask was slashed and the voice goes back and forth between Hayden's unadulated yeah. voice mm-hmm. and James Earl Jones' voice. And just I thought that was a brilliant piece of technology. What's the word I'm looking for? Sound mixing? Yeah, sound mixing. Sound design? I it don't was know. thematically, it was perfect. Yeah. I mean, at that point, his right. helmet's sliced it, off. The, we see him half and half. Yeah, yeah. the dramaturgy of that is yeah. to reference <laughs> Mike Chemmers. Mm-hmm. That's what that mm-hmm. was. You know, it's that that was so well thought out and so well played. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was a moment I really liked. Oh, I that was too. super smart. And you know what? Well, to, for further callback, because Hannah, you said something earlier that made me think about like the death in Star Wars and just really in fiction in general. I think you are absolutely right. Like it doesn't always have to be about death to be to drive tension because if I had to pick what I found to be the scariest moment like the one that really not just like the like sort of jump scare moments like Vader walking through a crowded street and just killing people left and right you know just because no but the moment that I actually found the most tense was when Reva was pairing to torture Leia that weirded me but good in the like that's what it's supposed to do because I Mm -hmm. thought in the moment I thought oh that could actually play out like that doesn't ruin any canon or anything like that could have happened. Oh, so we get that- into, let's get into the Reva stuff because actually, l- l- let me read the question that we have, which was from Jim Roberts, listener of the show. And then I, because I do want to talk about Reva a lot. He says, and I might disagree. Well, I just, I agree and disagree. So let me ask the question first. He says, I do think that they did a disservice to the character of Reva, not in that the actress didn't do a good job. She was phenomenal, but in that it's a pretty archetypical character of pop fiction. And I felt like they didn't hit the beats of her plot well. I can't really get into detail without going to spoilers well we don't have the problem but there are some elements of the type that were just absent and i missed them and would have loved to see what the actor would have done with them i hope we get more of her in more star wars media so that we can get more of her story and now i think that dovetails into what marcel's saying because i loved her i think that it because hannah you said that you think it's in ben and leia and, and reva as the name of this as the name of the show I, mean, I don't think that they should name it that from a marketing perspective obviously yeah. i think yeah like i i think it's, i felt it's like really they missed part of part two I, I agree with Jim in that there was things that I wanted to see. I thought that, like, I think they thought it was like a, hey, here's a mystery. What happened to these kids? And you went, no, the kid's her. Like, obviously. Otherwise, this scene makes no mm-hmm. sense. Obviously, she's one of the kids. And you don't necessarily know why. I feel like that first episode and this last episode are the heavy Reva ones. And I wanted more of her story throughout. I wanted to see, like, like it wasn't really a mystery that, like, she was the kid. So, they, so like, I almost been like, just tell me she's the kid. And then I wonder like then you can spring on that oh my god she's trying to kill vader and if i see her like going you know breaking bad this entire thing just to get close like rather than it being this surprise i think i would have loved to have watched the tension of her like you know how low is she willing to sink just to get to a chance where she can kill this guy because then i would have been like holy shit she's gonna torture this kid she's gonna like like what have you become that you're willing to torture this child Mm -hmm. as opposed to Mm -hmm. you know at that point in the narrative i absolutely Absolutely believe that 
she was going to, that we were going to get to the torture of yeah, kid right. Leia. And, Cause I thought it was going to be dark because so just throwing back a little bit for people who didn't do the math and figure out through no intentional plan, this show dropped the day after Uvalde, Texas happened. And I remember people going, I don't know if I want to watch this. Like, I remember people talking about it, about a bunch of it. Cause it opens up with this massacre of the right. younglings and people are like, do I really want to watch it? And I get that, right? Like I get that. And they couldn't have changed it because it was literally programmed that night. There was nothing they could do about that first episode. But like by the time that third episode comes around, I think it's the third one where she torches Leia. They could have done something and they didn't. And I kind of like that. I think it was brave. I, th- I think it was topical. And people were like, well, yeah, do I really want to see this? And I'm like, well, Star Wars is political. And this is the story of, you know, a disgruntled, weird teenage white kid who decides to murder a school. That's what Darth Vader is. That's who Anakin mm. was in that last movie. So mm-hmm. like, I kind of thought it was topical. I wanted to see Reva have tension over that in the Leia scene, but I absolutely believe she was going to do it. And I thought she's going to torture her. And that's how, and I mean, oh my God, is this how Leia becomes so tough that she can resist Darth Vader's torture, you know, 10 years from now? Because that's what we see in Jet. Mm-hmm. I mean, in sure. Hope, she's mm-hmm. resisting like the interrogation. And I really thought we were going to see it. And I, I was sitting there cringing like, oh God, am I going to have to watch them like stick these needles in this child? And I couldn't mm-hmm. walk away. And I, I was I was worried for it. Well, if you look yeah. at the arc of like movies, media over the last, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years, really, there was a point where they more or less phased out children coming to harm, like vi- like violence against kids. Like in anything that happened like that almost always took place off screen. Like I remember of all things, like I remember Sleepy Hollow and there's a scene where the Headless Horseman who just anytime the Headless Horseman appeared on screen in that movie, someone was going to die. Like that was just the beat of that film. And at one point it's a family, it's a husband and wife and their son and he's like 10 or whatever. And he goes like the Headless Horseman bursts into their cabin and when he comes out, he's if you look, he's holding three heads. But they, I knew they weren't going to show that. Like so they don't, for the longest time, like they really, like I noticed media, television, film, whatever, they did not depict that and they really shied away even from inferring it. But I'll tell you what, I have noticed or implying, I should say, I have noticed that has been creeping back into media. Maybe it's because there's so much media. Uh, maybe because we had popular things, you know, like we've Stranger Things discussion about Stranger Things. Yeah. I mean, this is all about kids in danger and the potential of mortality mm-hmm. happening. So, well, Revenge yeah. of the Sith doesn't show the younglings get executed. Right. Like, this was the most we've ever seen of that. It, I mean, you you know mm-hmm. it's there. Anakin shows up to kill a bunch of kids, mm-hmm. but that was all off camera till, you know, till now. And even when, yeah, when you get the reveal, like when Reva tries to enact her vengeance against Vader, you know, those intercut things, those scenes, and then later when she's contemplating what she's going to do to Luke, you know, you get flashbacks. Like, Vader mm-hmm. clearly stabbed her. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, I, they, they did it. They, that was uh, that was traumatic, and yet, given what it was, I think as tastefully as you could have possibly done it. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was, it actually it made sense to me in that context. And, no, I thought Moses Ingram did a great job for which he did. It's a little mm-hmm. hard for me to, it's a little hard for, admittedly, it's a little hard for me to critique her, because I kind of want to just root for her, because, you know what? I just love seeing black people using the force. <laughs> you know, I was like, so if it makes certain people angry, then good. And I should like, you know, I want to see a, a full on. I want to see the Tuskegee Airmen of the Jedi's. Oh my God. Force. Don't give this yeah. idea away. We need to pitch this tomorrow. Like, can we, is, is, someone give us a meeting with Lucasfilm. I would totally. Oh God. Tuskegee, the Tuskegee Airmen of the Jedi Council would T-Wing be great. Squadron. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
but yeah. like, you know what? Okay, you know what? And here's my here's a real quick juxtaposition, and then I'll, I'll tell you my last thing that I liked about the show. But well, I, I guess this is another thing I liked about it. You know, where I got to watch these episodes of Obi Wan Kenobi several times, we did it literally back to back with Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Oh. If you had told me 25, <laughs> 30 years ago that I would get to watch brand new Star Wars back to back with brand new Star Trek, and it would have all these people in it doing all this stuff that would have blown my mind like two shows like that and, and i'm really enjoying both shows oh my god that's just like the ba- i have a hard time being upset because i feel like thank you for giving me this stuff <laughs> <laughs> well okay so so that was my point from before because like hannah you said well you briefly talked about you know, the 25 years and everything i i like that there's star wars every 15 minutes now i and star wars is you know star wars is something i love but i've never felt as devoted to it as some fandoms do star trek for instance there's some star trek stuff i love there's some star trek stuff i hate there's you know it's been it's always been easy superhero stuff was the hard one for me because with superhero stuff there was a point where and wayne and marcel you're old enough to remember this there was a point where you used to have to watch the damn awful superboy show because you have to prove to the nielsen people that like no there's a there's value in this we've got to watch superboy or we're never going to get any more (laughs) right the show was horrible the show was awful okay and there were a lot of there was a lot of you know Huh? All right, watched, so we, we I mean, watched it all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always joke about Manimal, right? But it's just like Manimal. Okay, I guess that's what we're doing. We're gonna do Manimal. Okay, <laughs> you know, like that's how genre fiction works. Because you had one show on the air at a time, right? Like Smallville ran for ten seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it ran forever. And I mean, I like Smallville, but a lot of Smallville is bad. <laughs> Much of it, it's just there's garbage you know what, in there. Man? You're, <laughs> but I like Superman's I enjoyed it. My dude, Superman is my dude. But Smallville was the show that where I realized. Oh, this show is not made for me, and I don't right. have to watch it. Like, because yeah. about two two seasons in, I stopped watching, except for and like certain episodes here and right. there. That's what I'm getting at. I yeah. love that there's now Star Wars, and I mean Marvel stuff, whatever DC stuff, where I can be like, oh, that one wasn't for me. I said Solo, I didn't enjoy, but honestly, I think it's fine. I just thought it was stupid for me. I mean, like for me, it's like if you enjoyed Solo, fine. I, I don't care if you. <laughs> enjoy you know yeah i'm not yeah. angry about people liking yeah. solo right. the, i'm angry well, i'm not well, angry that people enjoy return or sorry revenge of the sith i'm angry mm-hmm. at revenge of the sith itself for disappointing me but right. solo like it's like whatever well, you know like it's that's just what, I'm getting, at. I'm just what I'm getting at is now so like okay i didn't like rise of skywalker i thought it was awful i thought like i remember sitting down i went to saw the rise of skywalker i saw it twice back to back i saw the pre with max who does our theme music i saw the like the night before official release day me and max went and saw it. And then the next morning, Steph and I went and saw it, my wife. So I knew what I was in for when I saw it with Steph, but I remember seeing it with Max and I sat down and that opening crawl comes out and it's like the dead speaks and the emperor's alive. And me and Max just look at each other and saying, Oh no. And like, <laughs> and like from the, and then from then on out, I'm just like, Oh, like I hated ever. I mean, I hated the experience. And then I'm like, and I've got to go to this movie again in 12 hours. <laughs> you know, like that's where I was with, with rise of Skywalker. So I did not enjoy myself, but even when rise of Skywalker came out, I felt let down and I didn't like Rise of Skywalker at all. In fact, I actively disliked it, but I really liked episode eight a lot. And I understand the dude bros who hated eight and loved nine because they were like, oh, this fixes everything. Like, like there's a point where, you know, like if like when I was a kid, you got Star Wars every three years and then you took 20 years off. That's how Star Wars were. And then you waited 20 years and you got one every three years. Right now you get new Star Wars, you know, every 
every three months. So like if you didn't like Kenobi, it's fine. Bad Batch will be out like in the this this summer. You know what I mean? Like or and then it's like and then there'll be another Mandalorian. Something will show up for you to like of Star Wars now. That's just mm. how it works. Like yeah, you uh, don't have to yeah. like them all. That's why and I say I like, like you know, it's yeah. that's why I say like, you know, like what I was talking about, like not worrying so much about like continuity or how it fits in. Mm-hmm. It's totally fine. Also, I know that there are parts of Rise of Skywalker that I didn't like, but I will defend it a little bit. I can't help myself. I do wish that Disney would have slowed that movie's timeline down when it had production problems because that they could have just fixed it like with more time. Like everybody who worked on that movie was just in a bad time. But I feel like the TV shows overall have been like, I think there was some weak writing on Kenobi. Like we, we talked about like the, I really like Reva's story overall. I actually hope that they might see her as a potential spinoff character in the way that they've seen some other characters from Mandalorian spinoff characters. I would watch a show about her because like her story is wide open now. Like what mm-hmm. will she do next? Like, like she's done some like dark stuff, but like here's the thing that like actually bothers me <laughs> about Rise of Skywalker that relates to this. Like they just sort of did the thing where they chose the easy path where like Ben Solo dies and it and you know honestly at that point I was like fine die I don't want this stupid I don't want this stupid Ray Ben ship it's a terrible ship you tortured her get over it anyway but I'm sure but everyone is allowed to ship what they want it's no fine. they're not no that was bad was- J- JJ is wrong I'm sorry I get that he's a director of it and I'm not JJ you were wrong that was stupid it was gross it was yucky I know yes yes <laughs> and honestly the only thing that made me feel better about was that he instantly died the moment after so it's just a you know a mistake <laughs> her young life. Anyway, point. Like, all the villains in the major Star Wars movies just kind of die off after they've been redeemed and you never, like, see what happens again. And I'm getting theme of the day. I'm getting tired of people dying. Like, (laughs) I think that death is an Mm -hmm. easy way to end a story. Like, see Game of Thrones, for instance, Mm -hmm. with some of the people in the final season. Like, what happens if they live and have to deal with the consequences and their unanswered stories? Like, I'm not ready for anyone to die on Stranger Things because they have so much potential like life and story mm-hmm. left in them like like Reva has so much life and story like mm-hmm. and like emotional yeah. like stuff like left in front of her so and I don't think it's like I feel really bummed out if the big bad just gets killed at the end there are no consequences mm-hmm. you know I, yeah and that I'm always comes me out like yeah. the, the interesting thing about Spider-Man No Way Home which spoilers I guess but also if you listen to this show you've surely seen it is that the villains it wasn't about punishment it was yeah. about like mm-hmm. rehabilitation and like maybe even as, 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 like, just, like like as much as like it can you know as much as a Marvel yeah. movie that's like also about a multiverse and like other things well, can the, be it was like, you know the hole in that movie see, see again the whole I, I give push back a little bit the hole in Spider Man No Way Home is he cures all the villains of the of their powers and then sends yeah. them all back to the moment right before they were about to die <laughs> like, yeah yeah like, <laughs> it's not well written like don't it, think too hard no yeah, don't yeah. think too hard there are plot holes but like there there is like this hint of like what if we like didn't it's redeem- just, redemption what, yeah. yes what if we didn't just throw people in prison right there's like like what if there's like an opportunity to do something else like again it's not like super deep it's like mm-hmm. like if you want super no, deep in the Marvel Cinematic Universe like go to the Eternals or something but uh, <laughs> believe it or not oddly, oddly enough and maybe we should we, we haven't really talked about it on the show but the Peacemaker show on HBO Max is that oh, is fine that? I'll watch it I'll watch it but that show is look you've got a bad guy who did an irredeemable thing and now we're going to force him to deal with the, con- with the consequences yeah.
consequences of that irredeemable thing. And it's, I didn't want to like that show, but it's I, I mean, way I, better than yeah. it has a right to be. Yeah, it is like yeah. literally everything about it is like, no, okay, yes, he is a horrible, deplorable human being. And it does not ask you to forgive him. It asks you to watch him deal with the consequences of his actions. And so, you, I mean, like, I, and I mean, I know you haven't seen it yet, so I don't want to spoil yeah. anything for you, but everyone who's given it a chance, I don't know anybody who's watched it and gone, oh, well, that was stupid. Like, like, cause they're doing, they are doing something interesting with it. Sim- similar the boys, which I've been watching, right? Mm-hmm. The boys is a show about, I mean, what makes the boys hard is there's nobody to root for. There's two people on the show who are kind of good. And even they're not great, right? Like Huey and Annie are kind of okay in a sea of deplorable human beings. You kind of go, well, okay, I guess these two are our heroes and everybody else, even all the other good guys, like everyone sucks on the boys and they, there are consequences to their actions. And I think maybe that's what we're talking about. Maybe the future of genre fiction is now that we've got, you know, more of it than we can handle. We can have shows where people deal with consequences. Mm-hmm. There are and actions like, I, with consequences. Yeah. And the interesting thing is like Obi-Wan's approach to Reva isn't to like punish her for the bad thing she's done because also like when I say it, like, like when I say punish it and, you know, to go back to my like, you know, throw people in prison and just like lock them away or just, you know, say you're irredeemable. Like, like there has to be like something. We think in such like small boxes about like what punishment is and like what accountability is and what consequences are that like mm-hmm. yeah you can't just get away with things and like, not take responsibility for like, your actions but there, it would be interesting to see fiction more often explore what is outside of just you know being punished for the rest of your life because like Reva's like what like in her 20s in this if I'm probably doing the math yeah yeah like well, her early she, you could, well no okay you gotta figure she's a youngling when she's almost slaughtered or when she's you know when she when the slaughter yeah. happens when order 66 happens she's a youngling which means that she'd probably been training a little bit. I'm guessing she's maybe 10 then. Like, yeah, maybe, get, yeah, maybe they get, 10. They get them young. And we know that was 10 years ago because it was right yeah. before Padme gave birth. So, so, and Leia's 10. So, I mean, she could be like, if she's super young, we don't know her age exactly, I think, from the show. She could be still a late teenager or she could be in her early 20s mm-hmm. at the latest. And so that's a lot of life left to lead. Sure. She's Because if she's 20 now, she's realistically alive when Star Wars happens when the original trilogy happens. So, and she's not there, but that doesn't mean one of the things that I'm hoping they do with these future Star Wars epics is I'm one of the people who are, who's, you know, I'm done with the Skywalker story. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, well, I want to see this expand. It's like, I don't care anymore. I mean, like, it's fine. I think I've, if, you know, if Luke shows up every once in a while, okay, I guess write Hamill a check. Do like Mark Hamill. So, but I don't need any more of them. I don't, I didn't need him showing up in Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. I just didn't. And in fact, that was my least favorite part. I know everybody was like excited. They got to see Luke Skywalker kick some ass, but I don't care about kicking ass. Like I'm the guy, again, I'm the guy who likes superhero shows where nothing happens, right? And if something's going to happen, I want to see my characters. I want to see Mando and his friends struggle to barely get out of a scrape. I loved watching. I mean, yeah, she died, but that last stand where Kenobi and Talia and Kumail, I refuse to learn his character. Mm-hmm name and everybody else are just trying to fight off like the invading stormtroopers and getting fucking wrecked because mm-hmm. they're just a bunch of ill-prepared you know sort of kind of not really soldiers like I thought that was great and I want to see them fight with consequences and I'm okay if Talia dies even I mean like it's tragic but like I felt like it meant something I felt something when she died it, it seemed mm-hmm. like oh my god mm-hmm. you know like this is there really dangerous there's stakes here you know and like and she never had plot armor right because as much 
as I liked her, because she's not in episode four, I never feel like she's safe, right? Like I know Leia is invincible. I know Ben is invincible, you know, for now, right? Like I like she never felt safe. And then it's like, oh my God, when she, you know, when she gets shot and you realize, oh, this is where it happens. She's not gonna make it. Like, and so like they kind of play into that. So I feel like that. And I want to see stuff like that happen. So I'm okay if we move away from the Skywalker saga. That's why I like Mandalorian so much. I like Mandalorian because I, you know, if if Grogu never becomes a Jedi, yay, because that means that we can spend the rest of the world, you know, just figuring out how he and Mando live their life together. And maybe they just ignore the entire Star Wars, <laughs> you know, like that'd yeah. be great. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't care. Like, they just kind of go off and yeah, Kylo Ren, whatever, you know, like I'm, I'm off doing something else in, in the outer rim with, you know, with space cowboys. <laughs> That's what I want to see. I actually thought that Kumail Nanjani's character, was it Haja? I thought he was going to die. I thought he was yeah, going to be sacrificing something. And I'm much like like your thoughts on Reva. And I, like, I would kind of love to see where does he go? Like, I would love yeah. a more. I'm guessing Cassie Andor. <laughs> I mean, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing he goes to Andor. Where I'm getting, mm-hmm. I, like, I assume him and Ice Cube are going to be on the cast because I'm sorry, Ice Cube. Not Ice Cube. I can't believe I did that. O'Shea Jackson Jr. Yeah, O'Shea yeah. Jackson Jr. Ice Cube Jr. I assume Kumail and Ice Cube Jr. Uh, again, I don't need to know their characters names. Don't tell me. I assume they're going to be on the Andor show because, you know, not that either of them are A-list actors, but they're real expensive to be glorified extras. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, Zach Braff's in a scene because Zach Braff's a nerd who just wanted to be in some Star Wars thing. Sure. Please, I'll wear a mask or whatever. But like, O'Shea Flea and was Camille, in this thing. <laughs> what? Flea was in yeah, this Flea was thing. In, yeah. Yeah. But like, right. they just want they just wanted to be in it. Like, O'Shea and Kumail had substantive parts, but not substantive enough to justify that being the only thing you ever do with Kumail and O'Shea. Well, sure. <laughs> right. So, so I feel like they got to show up again somewhere. Well, you know, like Harry Styles has been in one whole scene of the Marvel franchise. And you know, he's coming back. He, They'll find yeah, a way. Yeah. Yes. Like, so, you know, we'll. Charlie's there in as well. <laughs> be, yes. We'll be seeing them again. We'll be seeing yeah. you again. Yeah. yeah. You know, the and just so the last thing that I, uh, thing I needed, the thing I needed, it's funny. This is the thing I needed for Obi-Wan because I am a simple man of simple pleasures. And man, if I hadn't gotten that Kygon Force Ghost, I would have flipped TV. <laughs> Like, nope. like I don't care. It's like, yep, give me my ten. I don't even care. You know, I, know, like, I agree. I needed that because I needed that to happen. That was like that just didn't make no sense all these years. Like, why? And I know that the character, like the Force Ghost, had appeared in one of the one of the animated series. Like that's all well and good, but I needed a canon Liam Neeson as Kaigon Jin to cap that whole thing with hit. Like I needed that. So he's a Jedi with a certain set of skills. <laughs> he clearly filmed it in his own living room with iPhone wearing a bathrobe. I loved it. Fine by me. I love it. <laughs> I mean, like, what else is he going to do? Like, star in 30% Rotten Tomato movies? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And, and the man's very busy. The, Liam Neeson makes eight movies a year. Yeah. <laughs> All with the exact same plot. <laughs> and, and he was clearly going to show up from the very beginning where it's like, Obi- Obi-Wan keep praying to Qui-Gon. That's weird. I guess we're going to have a Liam Neeson cameo. And then it doesn't mm-hmm. happen in episode two, but he prays to him yep. again. And it's like, all right, well, that Liam Neeson episode. And then you get to like episode five and you're like, we're really running out of time for this Liam Neeson cameo. <laughs> and then they actually, like, I didn't forget, right? Because yeah. you get the Vader fight, no Liam Neeson fight, no use the force, Obi-Wan. I expected maybe that. Nope. And then he finishes it and then it doesn't happen.
happened. And then I see Obi-Wan on a space horse riding through the desert or space camel or whatever it is. And I sat there and I'm going, here it comes, here it comes. And then it, and there it was. He's like, oh, I wonder when you were going to be ready. And I'm like, I wonder when you were going to be ready. What are you doing? <laughs> but it didn't matter. Yes, I agree. I was like, I was happy to see Qui-Gon just kind of show up and I guess do nothing. But force ghosts don't really do much. So, you know, it's they give you, you know. exposition and, you know, and he'll do that in the future. But I, yeah, I just it fan service, whatever. I don't care. It was great. I needed I that moment for the whole thing because that just says, all right, you're paying attention to Marcel's needs right here. That's, <laughs> that's all I care about. And I actually did have one other thing that I was going to say, Hannah, and this was again, you've given me like a lot of neat, neat leaping off points and stuff. You know, you were talking about getting away from just like killing our bad guys and like looking more at people living with the consequences of their actions, because really we had several characters doing that. Like to some extent, that is that has been a defining characteristic of Obi-Wan since the whole thing with Anakin, you know, like he feels he felt like he failed. He had to come to a point where he mm-hmm. could just go, no, this was bigger than me beyond me. But yeah, I would like to see that shift in our fictions as well. I think that shift only happens when we see that shift in our real world culture, mm-hmm. because, you know, we are so fixated on punishment. We are not as fixated on rehabilitation and preventative measures. So, you know, our art always reflects our real life. And really, they, the two things kind of coexist. I think when we can turn that corner as a culture, hopefully we'll see even more of that reflected in our arts and media. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I know we need to wrap up, but I want to jump to something totally different about, which also like is to some degree about reflect our culture and like reflecting things in arts and media. To me, Star Wars has in large part always been about the women at the center of the stories. Like Lucas knew it, even Did he? he, he yeah, <laughs> really? yeah, he's, you know, he knows okay. it. He's made like some comments, even whenever he's like not succeeded in what he's hoped to do. He, I'm not defending his writing, but he, okay. <laughs> I'm not defending his writing. I'm saying like he's made comments about like how important like Padme and, and Leia are. Like, yeah, okay, all right, like, I see where you're going with it. Okay, yeah. like, like, like Leia has always been an important character. Like, clearly, like in the new series, Ray, right? Thank you. And you know, in the Last Jedi, Rose, and you know, like Carrie Fisher's passing, unfortunately, like you know, changed plans mm-hmm. for the film. But clearly, Carrie Fisher's Leia was the most important of the main characters brought back for the sequel trilogy. Yes. Like, no doubt. Like, sorry, Mark Campbell, you give a great performance, but you were not as important as Leia. That was intentional. Like, yeah. She's the one who's booked to be in all three movies. Yeah. Harrison was only supposed to be in one. He got added to the last one because Carrie died. And Luke, Mark Hamill, is only in the first one or, you know, I mean, the seventh one. However, Star Wars math. He's only in, in Force Awakens for two seconds. So, yes, yes. Yeah. She is the yeah. one who is booked to be in all three films. Yes. And to J.J. Abrams' credit, he's always, like, been interested in stories about women, although we've seen how the writing is not always there. But I, this is great. I'm, what I'm, what, yeah, but, like, like you know, there, there are some problems with Star Wars as a Skywalker in particular to just, like, not even give other examples. But, like, what I'm, what the reason why I'm walking through this with the history of Star Wars and women is, can I say thank you to the Disney Plus series for finally putting, like, women not just in the front of the camera and including more than one main female character, but also putting women behind the scenes in like the director's chair in the writer's room. Obi-Wan Kenobi is the first Star Wars property, if I'm not mistaken, that actually has a woman composer as 
as well, Natalie Holt. So like, yay. Like, I don't know what else to say at this point, but just yay. Thank you. Finally. Cause you know, it, like Kathleen Kennedy in the past made some comments that were a little disheartening about filming a Star Wars film, but that, you know, like and Bryce Dallas Howard has like worked behind the scenes in Mandalorian. And I'm just really excited to see that Star Wars is sort of like meeting its fan base with who it's putting in charge of its stories because Star Wars has projected itself in many ways as like a fantasy for everyone in some ways but hasn't always like met that in actuality in the stories it tells. Mm-hmm. So so keep keep doing good work Star Wars. Don't listen to the toxic people on the internet. Listen to the toxic people who enjoy your stories. Are we the toxic people here that are that enjoy the stories? It's exciting. It's a, you know it's in high school and they talked about a live Star Wars action series and people were like this is never going to get made because the technology just isn't there and I like always dreamed of seeing more stories on the screen and I could not have imagined 15 years ago this much content so we resolved nothing <laughs> yeah, we've, I mean I guess we all like the show is what it's coming down that's what we resolved yeah. I don't think it was a perfect show no it's not, my, it's not my favorite it's not my favorite show in the air right now it's not my favorite geek show in the air I, I find it uh, amusing I've not been watching the new Star Trek one that one I'm not as big a Star Trek fan as either of you but also I just I can't buy another streaming service so just I'm out Anna, you know what I think you would love Discovery mm-hmm. and I just in general because I think it's great you know I actually think Discovery is just a great show Star Trek Strange New Worlds just hit some sweet spots man yeah. I just that show I, mm-hmm. I think overall over the years I'm a bigger Trek fan than I am Star Wars fan and some of that just because we had more content mm. yeah well, um, the, well okay so I was gonna I was going to bring that up I you you guys mentioned that Strange New Worlds you were watching right before because they were dropping it. See, I was watching Obi-Wan and then immediately after watching Ms. Marvel, which is one of my favorite shows on television right now. I think it's delightful. We'll be talking yeah. about that in a few weeks, but just it's the thing with so much content and this is where I would leave things. The, I saw an argument online where somebody who was trying to be a Star Trek fan and you know, like this old holy war of you know Star Trek versus Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody was like, I don't understand why people think Star Wars is better than Star Trek. Trek fans don't hate half their movies and i was like yes they do yeah they do like, like that's yeah, literally like the one thing that the, the defining thing about star trek for decades was that all the odd numbered movies suck that was a running joke right yeah star trek was always about even numbered movies and you know and this is again like people would get upset right like you'd have you'd have star trek the motion picture would come out and everybody was really excited and then when it came out people were like eh, and then like so much so that they had to wait for Khan to come out and everybody was like yes and like Khan this is like we're gonna have a franchise now and they started a franchise and then Star Trek you know what one thing I will give (laughs) Trek fans now at least currently and not across the blanket but Trek is really good and I think Trek fans have gotten better about reassessing old Trek and like embracing stuff that they didn't before Mm -hmm. because like old they've reclaimed a lot of the things that they used even like the lesser they did a thing in the most recent episode of well not the most recent but a recent episode of strange new worlds where they referenced something directly out of one of the lesser movies and they did it with such a nash i was like that mm-hmm. was a freaking clever move mm-hmm. so 
you know, I think there's ways to kill. That's kind of, well, that's what I was getting at. Like, I think with Star Wars, the same thing, right? It's real easy to say that, you know, oh, prequels suck, except that like, and Hannah, you even referenced it. You happen to like prequels, but a lot of kids your age, I mean, kids who were your age when the prequels came out, love the prequels. And so people who are 30 now grew up with prequels and that's like the amazing star Star Wars for them so much so that they get to now be the toxic fans who hate the (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) like and again I'm not Uh, talking about you but I'm coming of age but like what you know what Star Wars is about has been about is growing up to be the toxic fans who who hate the new kids who are ruining what Star Wars was when you were a child and I kind of growing up to be Kylo Ren not sorry right yeah Mm. and I kind of love that like you don't need that now right like I don't know I just I enjoyed this I had fun I didn't love Book of Boba Fett I thought Boba Fett yeah, was chaotic and I mean I it was fine there were parts of it I liked but it was, was, yep there were performances I liked but I found it really disjointed it, it was messy so I was like, eh. so I but that's okay because I just kind of I waited three months and then I got Kenobi yeah. <laughs> like so that's great like and I guess this is the rest of my life the rest of my life is is that I'll have Star Wars for the, for you know every three months and new Star Trek and new Marvel products also and- can I just say since we probably will never reference this ever again remember how Disney built that really expensive hotel for Star Wars that's like come live on a ship and it costs like five thousand yep. dollars and it absolutely failed and lol anyway did it fail I knew they built oh, it I didn't know that there, it failed well, I yeah. mean there's people doing it yeah <laughs> like, like, like and by fa- I, I fe- say failed is strong like I, I think it just like hasn't like booked well, the way the they hope. there's yeah like there's they the- yeah they like released like some sort of like survey a couple weeks ago it was in the news it was like why is the Star Wars the five thousand dollars Star Wars hotel failing and I was like because it cost five thousand right. dollars and we're in a pandemic and mm-hmm. gas is very expensive and everything else is too probably Mike I'm guessing also yeah, some no, people yeah. say that it's lazy theming but I can't afford to go so don't take my word for it and <laughs> oh, Twitter but anyway love that there's just constant content I was listening to Kevin Smith's podcast and they were talking about it we just have to come to grips with the fact that we're never going to see all of Star Wars in our lifetime because they're just going to keep making more of it so you're going to we're going to die and Star Wars won't be over and it used to be that you know you got to see I'm going to see the I'm going to finish this whole Lord of the Rings trilogy and then you're done right and you don't get to do that with Star Wars it's just going to go on forever and it's like yeah but I'm used to that because I read comics right I think that's maybe that's it's okay to have just like living fiction that I get to enjoy like I it's refreshing Mm -hmm. so so I like this I like this a world of Star Wars and I'm not allowed that I'm allowed to not like is good that's where I'm strong with y'all how could I not <laughs> thank you for having me anything you want to promote as Wayne mentioned earlier we're still you know we still got Hutzpah out there in the world for those of you who aren't aware of it our comic book Hutzpah superheroes of the Holocaust four issue comic book series produced by the Holocaust Center of Pittsburgh telling the real life stories of Holocaust heroes and survivors so these are real world heroes you would get to learn about very cool and Lincoln uh, one, one, one of whom has a story very similar to Indira Varma on Kenobi yeah. there's the selling point there's the upsell <laughs> you all do it's such actually, cool things yeah. I have no idea how I'm on a podcast with you all. I don't know what I bring to this. <laughs> oh, Pashaw, you bring you bring balance to the force. <laughs> <laughs> Watch your unbalance. Anna, is there anything you want to promote? Sure. <laughs> Actually, oh, really? oh, yeah, okay. you can go to abortionfunds.org. Oh, okay, see, yeah, to see a list of abortion funds, perhaps one in your state you might want to donate to because reproductive justice is important for everyone. Amen. Thank you. And Mr. Wayne Wise, uh, what Marcel and Hannah said, did though. Yeah, of course. 
<laughs> you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all the places, always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show, all those same places at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where you can find out what we're talking about next week. Spoilers. Frank thinks. Yeah. So definitely go to the blog and you'll see there's a call for comments to talk about Stranger Things that I believe was written by Hannah this week. And you mm-hmm. can give us your thoughts on where the series is so far, where you feel like it's going. If you watch it after between when the, the final episodes come, come out and we binge it and record the show, you can leave us thoughts on that. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, every comment so far is about Steve Harrington. So if you want something else <laughs> talked about, you leave a comment on that. Anyway. Yeah, I have many thoughts on the on Stranger Things. So, and we've got some other cool stuff coming up. We've had a lot of, we're entering like real summer content season here. So, you know, we should have some interesting things coming up on the show. If you enjoy the show, and we certainly hope you do, then please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell you get podcasts from. And do us a favor, leave us a five-star review. If you leave us a five-star review, especially on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, that boosts the algorithm, makes us more popular and really helps us out. We'll appreciate it. And like, you'll have the force. That's what happens. If you leave five-star reviews, you get the force. Trust me, you have to do it and it will, and you'll get the force. Just And if you don't, if it doesn't work, then try leaving a five-star review on another site and then another site and just keep doing it until you have the force. That's how that works. I would like to thank Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for our epic theme song building ever so more epically and playing us out. I would like to thank Marcel for joining us. I'd like to thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs>